Welcome to the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, a weekly podcast for BJJ enthusiasts who are striving to succeed both on and off the mats. This podcast is brought to you by Robles, makers of the world's finest custom jiu-jitsu apparel. And here are your hosts on the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. So I have a non-traditional idea on how to make money in jiu-jitsu. I'm not sure if it's already being done, um, but it just uh, came to mind considering yeah, what we're yeah. talking right now, what we're talking about right now. And um, so it's first principle thinking, right? And man, it asking yourself is is the way. And I, I, there's you know there's going to be some back and forth on this, and that's good. That's what we want. We want. Uh, people to engage in conversation and, and, but anyways, first principle thinking, always asking yourself, is this the way things should be done or is there a better way of doing it? And this is not necessarily a better way. It's just a different way. But you and I have always talked about when it comes to training, some of the best training and some of the best, um, improvement has always been made when you're working with specific, specific training partners and you're just kind of tinkering around. Right. So, what about if you don't really open up a traditional jujitsu school? For example, let's say I find a, a warehouse space, 1,500 square feet, doesn't have to be very large. I fill it with very nice mats. I put security cameras around the building, inside the building. Um, and basically, I, uh, people pay. to. It's unaffiliated. Yeah. So no one's going to be there to teach jujitsu. There might be a manager that works during the day um, that kind of just, you know, make sure that everything's going the way it should be going, you know, but no one's teaching jujitsu. It would be more of people can show up there and train with their dedicated training partners 24 hours a day. Yep. Yep. There's a place in L.A. that's doing that now. And I like the idea because basically what they do is they charge, um, I think, a club like it's a jujitsu club is sort of the, the term that they use. And they charge like 100 bucks a month, 150 bucks a month or something like that. They do have multiple black belts that that train there. And they do like seminars and things like that that are all optional. So it's like you can come to these seminars if you want. And there's different time periods for open mats. But then there's also the idea of you can essentially use this place for whatever when they're not, when there's not an open mat. And even when there is an open mat, it's still an open mat. And that's what I want to do too. Cause it's like, that's really, like you said, I mean, there's, there's different ways of going about it. And I knew guys that had had the same instructor from white belt to black belt. And they were very loyal when I was at, when I was at John Jocks. I mean, there was guys that would drive hours each way. Like his sort of main instructor guy was a guy named Jay Zebelis, a guy with really, really great jujitsu. Jay would drive from a place called Quartz Hill down to Tarzana, which anybody who knows L.A., that is bananas. That is an insane commute. It's probably like an hour and 40 minutes each way, at least. And he would do this every day. And I mean, because John Jock just had guys that were super loyal to him. And that's awesome. And, and there's part of me that is wildly envious of that. Just having met John Jock and trained with him a little bit, I'm like, he really is that sort of wise elder jujitsu guy that you want, who makes you feel good about yourself when you're training with him. You're like, I'm doing pretty good. And then you lose. You're like, all right. And he's like, you're doing good. And like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, it's a, it's an ass kicking that makes you feel good about yourself. 
Which is what that's, we all wanted. That's right? what we, and that's what I usually get, especially well, I mean, from Ryan Shinto. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's what I get. Shinto, Shinto has that quality as well. And so I, I totally get that. But my life experience has been different. And, and most of my crew's experience has been different as well in terms of a lot of us maybe came up with certain people or, or you know, I skipped around schools a bunch and things like that. And it became more and more obvious that the way we were going to learn is to to tinker, like you said, and kind of mess around with stuff and play around with ideas and get a bunch of people together that we consider peers and and create our grappling that way and, and have the idea of it being maybe more for fighting or, or whatever you want to say. And so once that sort of became clear, like that's what I want, then, you know, we had at Cooper's, we had that sort of ability to do that. I don't know if we're going to have that ability going forward, just kind of looking at the just the logistics of the space itself. You got smaller math space, you don't have any side area. And it's like, man, that that may become a real issue. And really just even if it's not an issue, to me, it's kind of like the difference between when you look at people that have successful Airbnbs or successful things on Verbo. One thing that's always emphasized is you want to get your own platform. You want to have your own website that wherever people are coming to visit, they're going to go to your website instead of Airbnb. Because the reason is that a platform can always kick you off of the platform. And it can be for a good reason. It can be for essentially no reason at all. But it doesn't matter. They ultimately own the content. And so if you get people coming in, unless you're able to obtain their contact information and stuff like that, they're never really going to be your guests they're going to be staying at your place, but they're ultimately going to be Airbnb guests. So to really mitigate that and create a direct line with your customer, you want to have the platform, you want to get their contact info so you can reach out to them and say, hey, you know, we're having a special or hey, you know, it's been six months. We'd love to come, love you to come see with see us again or, or kind of however you want to do in order to market to your customers directly. That's what you want, I think, in any business. You know, even if you start off on, you know, Etsy or, or Amazon or whatever it might be, ultimately you want to have that direct line with your customer. And when I look at that with jujitsu, it's like we've got obviously the Robles headquarters, the best training facility in Kyle, Texas. Um, sorry, Dojo Kyle, but it's it's my favorite. I'm just going to say, uh, you know, and, you know, we've got that. We've got, uh, you know, the Reed Center of uh, North Austin, so we have people that have home gyms, but it's like even that can be an issue. I mean, like Reed goes, Reed was out of town for like five months this year. So it's like it's a little weird going to somebody's house when they're not home. Some would call that illegal. I don't know. I would just call it borrowing <laughs> home for a little while. Oh, um, and break, yeah, yeah. B and E might be how people <laughs> refer to it as. Um, so you know, ultimately, it's like when you're still relying on somebody else's school, it's like something could happen to them. They could go out of business. They could decide they don't want to do it. They could move eventually the idea of taking control of your own training space and really just having your own space to me it starts to matter more and more as mm -hmm. i get older because it's like you know having that there is a there is a, well, a was, bond in, in all that so go ahead. what are you gonna say yeah no i was gonna say um is it your own space or is it everybody's space there, okay even better you're you're creating the atmosphere you want and it's funny, I, I remember watching a Jocko video where he was, because, you know, he owns Victory MMA in San Diego. And and I even like how that 
is for marketing because that is the mission, creating a space for everyone. Yeah, exactly. And, and and what I liked about that is he's like, okay, we have, you know, here's our classroom. He's like, now we have extra rooms. Like if you just want to roll instead of do class, guilty. Like he's like, he's like, that's, he's like, that's what I wanted. So I made that happen. And it's like, cause I, I look at the other parts of my life. I'm like, well, that's what I've done. I mean, like I, I got tired of, you know, Tra tra traveling to a gym and doing this and that. So I just sort of created my own home gym. It's like I wanted to create my own space and my own different things and everything else in life. Eventually, I feel like I'm going to have to do that with training. And, and I thought about this a lot a few months ago when we were looking at maybe spending a lot of time in Fort Myers. I was like, man, I looked around at some of the schools and I'm like, oh, you know, this might be good or that might be good. But my instinct is to always to be like, but I kind of want to create my own thing. But I don't, like you said, I don't want to create a school. Like, I don't want to be in charge of like classes and doing things like that. Cause to me that it's just, it's another job that I just don't want. And, and here's the thing though, and this is what I think, you know, again, my mind's always going to go straight to business. Yeah. Um, and I look at it from a business standpoint and an economic standpoint, yeah. and it's right in line with my philosophy of how do you defeat competition? Yeah. You don't compete. You do something, yeah, you do something completely different. authentic, exactly. right? And so, when you wouldn't be a jujitsu school, and so you're not competing with other yeah, jujitsu schools. We're you'd not be. here to talk about what our curriculum is, and you know, we're not here to talk about the kids' class. Yeah. It's really just creating a space for everyone, yeah. 24 hours a day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that the the you know, with any business, there's going to be issues. Uh, I think the biggest issues is just making sure you have some ground rules. Um, and there probably needs to be someone, um, that's just making sure that like, this is not turning into the Kumite when nobody's there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's one of those things you would have to have, it would be like a members only club. Nobody can go unless they're a member. Um, it might even be an invite only club too, to me at, at the same time, because it's like, you know, it's really cool. Another idea, you can open up these warehouses space all over the country and it's a members only. So if you're a traveling executive, yeah, Boom, yeah. your card will get you access into any of these jujitsu clubs. I like that too. I like that too. Because it's like in fact, that's know, what that's what we should name it is members on member only jujitsu. And you, you have a go. members only jacket, maybe. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Made by Robles. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Um yeah, because it's it's one of those things that I think um there's so many people that that's ultimately what they want. Like I, I've seen this happen in so many schools where it's like either, you know, upper belts are always notorious for coming in late. And it's like they're coming in late for two reasons. Number one, to skip the stupid warm up, because most jujitsu warm ups are the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. They have nothing to do with jujitsu. They have everything to do with an instructor who's lazy and bored and can't figure out something that makes your jujitsu better. So they're just like, oh, I'm going to have you do a bunch of shrimpy shrimps and get you tired. And it's dumb. It's stupid. I hate it. I'm never doing them again. Uh, and number two, people skip the instruction most of the time because when you're, you know, even a good blue belt and up for the most part, you kind of know what you want to work on. You figuring out what your own game is. You're doing this for you and to figure out your own stuff. And then the instructor showing stuff and maybe it's cool stuff and blah, blah, blah. But a lot of times it's not a lot of times it's crap. A lot of times you don't even remember what it is by the end of the time you're training, you want to work on your own things. And so there's a lot of people like that. There's a lot of us out there. There are. I know there are. There's a lot of that in this town. And there's a lot of people that are just tired of the stupid politics and the stupid this and that and this and that. They know what they want. And there's no one giving them what they want. So, you know, that 
that idea is is very appealing in a lot of ways, but it's very selfish too. For me, it's just like I want to create the training environment I want and have the place that we can go. So it's like you could literally be like, hey, you know, it's I, I got a, you know, I'm, I'm taking a trip at one o'clock, but hey, you want to get in there at nine o'clock and do some training. It's like the ability to have that would be somewhat awesome and, and not be reliant on like, so we got to go to somebody's house or whatever. I love doing that too. I mean, I love training with you. It's so much fun to me at the, at the house. And No, but you're right. If that person is gone or not around, then then what do you do? Because you're still ultimately relying on the, on the person in there. In their, you're still going to somebody else's house versus going to a spot that's dedicated for something. And so, you have to work around that person's schedule, right? Absolutely, yeah. And especially like with somebody like KC where, you know, his job is so unpredictable, the hours are so unpredictable that it's like, Sometimes he'll text me at like 10 o'clock. He's like, I got time now from 1030 to 1130. Can you, can you make it? And, you know, at our old situation, that was doable. Now, man, I don't know if it is. It might not be. So then it's like, well, we can either just not do it, which I prefer to do it. So then it's like, well, how do we make this happen? So, so I, yeah, I think, and it's something I've, I've bandied about this idea many different times, when I was teaching at the karate school, I was like, okay, well, that can be sort of the spot. But again, it's somebody else's place. And it's like, I think that really turned him off to having jujitsu at all. Cause I just had like my friends come over and he's like, why am I doing this? This isn't making me any money. And, you know, it turned into that, which I don't blame him. I, I, he was in the right on that. Um, so then it's just a matter of, to me, because, you know, we always go back to the business part because then I'm like, well, how do I do something that makes business sense on this? Because, you know, I looked at buying some spots and I'm like, the, the numbers of Austin real estate are so bonkers. Like, it just makes, I don't understand why anybody would buy anything here, even though I do understand it, but I don't understand it. Like, just in terms of the numbers of, of what I know I can build something for an hour north of here, what I know I can buy the land for. And then I look at like a you know, a 1980s warehouse here. And it's all oh, $500 a square foot. I'm like, I, I just, I can't even, even if I can afford the thing, it's like business-wise, I can't accept it. I'm like- No, and business-wise, it won't even make sense. You, it you, doesn't make you don't any make sense. your money back. So then it's like, then it's like, well, do you just buy something and just whatever? Or I guess the other alternative, which is sort of, I'm thinking about this right now, or is this actually a business that we're talking about? You know what I mean? Maybe it is. Because maybe it's something where, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like how many people could I reasonably get in a members only thing that I would actually want? Like that would actually pay. Well, <laughs> that's so when I start thinking about it, I, immediately businesses, that's, that's, that's where I love to be right there. In business. Yeah. And I start thinking about, okay, I'm not going to, there's, I'm just not going to fail. And what I'm going to try to figure out every single angle on how to squeeze a dollar out of that thing. And I'm going to be able to, and I'll tell you, I mean, my mind always goes to this immediately. For, first of all, this idea that like, I, I think I think it's a great idea. And I think as, as jiu-jitsu begin, uh, begins to grow, especially in a place like Austin, I mean, it's yeah. becoming this jiu-jitsu mecca. I yeah. think it's fairly, it, it, it's, it's um, reasonable to believe that you would find some success. But I think it would take some time. I think you're going to yeah. have to build some traction. And yeah. you're, it's really going to be, People are going to have like two accounts, basically. They're going to have their jujitsu school, and then they're going to want a membership to this location yeah. because they know they can go there and train with their buddies any time of the day, two in the morning, whatever it is, they, they, they could get that done. But in addition to that, I'm like, okay, but, you know, let's not. 
you know, the thing that the problem that, that, that I see a lot in business is people are always like, I have a brand when they haven't even started a business. You don't have a brand. You know what I mean? It's like in your head, you have this successful business and you have this great idea. It's like, I don't know how many times I heard people say, I'm going to start a restaurant and it's going to be so successful. It's like, dude, yeah. we, I, I, you know, my parents did that and I've yeah. seen it. Like, it's yeah. terrible. Like nobody yeah. in your head, you're like, we make the best food and everybody's going to yeah. come. Nobody comes. Nobody yeah. comes, right? Yeah. So immediately I'm thinking, okay, so th like you don't want to do that in jiu-jitsu. You don't want to be like, I'm going to open this spot and everybody's going to show up because it's such a great idea. No. That may not happen at first. It will happen eventually because yeah. I believe in how you would market that. And there is yeah. there, there, there is a real need for that. We're seeing yeah. that. So you're solving a real problem. But I would I would dive into multiple things. I would be like, okay, you want to hold your yoga class here? You can hold your yoga class here. Right. Yeah. And like, I, I'm, I'm going to sublease this space. I'm going to figure yeah. out ways to squeeze every penny, every dime I can out of this location. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't put weights in there, but I would put a whole bunch of like, um, plyometric, uh, body weight type, like dip station, yeah. uh, pull up bars, yeah. Um, battle ropes. Yeah. Uh, things like that, just because I want to reduce liability. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I think that there's uh, that you could. Uh, so you got the yoga going on, and then you, you know people could hold seminars. Yep. Uh, yep. That are there. Um, you could. I mean, there's just there's just there's a lot of people. Okay, so, so I got approached the other day not the other day, it was about a couple of months ago, people wanted to put on a competition. They wanted Robles to help sponsor some of the gear, but they didn't have a location to put their competition. Yeah. So yeah. they were going to these different schools and the different schools were like, well, I want this much money and they could never make it work, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think this completely eliminates that middleman, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's just, you run out the spot, it's yours yeah. for the day, you have your yeah. competition. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, and who's to say it has to be for jujitsu? I mean, you can make yeah. it where the mats roll up, and you use that spot for whatever. You could. It's. I guess it's just all. I. I always look at. Whenever I start, this is what I love about real estate. Is every time I love real estate, and I love it even more when I start looking at other businesses because I'm always like, I'll just buy more real estate. Like, like you know, I. I think I've told you before. It's like when somebody tells me their dream or whatever. I'm like, that's cool. Uh, if you need warehouse for that dream, like, like, so one of, one of Chantel's friends, um, this guy is a designer and he's really into fashion. He's doing all this stuff. And now his clothes are in, I think like Neiman Marcus or something like big. Wow. And my first reaction is cool. He probably needs some central Texas storage space. <laughs> We're going to have some in temple. You know, because to me, it's like, I, I think it's awesome when people are doing stuff and all these dreams and all that. It's like, dude, I don't think I have that skill. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's, I, I mean, this is not to downplay it, but like when people tell me what my exit strategy is, what my end game is, it's to ha have a bunch of real estate Yeah. because owning real estate is not easy work, but it is not as hard as running no. businesses. No, not at all. It's, it's not. It's much, much more difficult. Yep. And, and so that's why I completely agree with you. When you, hear, yeah. when you start hearing people like, I'm going to start this business and do this and that. And you're like, nah, I'm just going to continue to do real estate. That, that, um, and that's why I literally. And that completely like, makes sense to me. I mean, that's yeah. my own, that's my own strategy, right? Like yeah. I tell Salia all the time, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I hope that we get to an age and we're still able to 
you know, mentally function at a high level and physically function at a high level and continue to run these businesses. But what if we can't? What do we do then? Like, what is our retirement plan? Yeah. And it's not yeah. going to be like, you know, your 401k or whatever. I'm yeah. like, we're probably going to want to own some a lot of real estate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And no, it's, just it's cash true. flow that and you can get a property manager if you if you're not capable yep. of, you know, running at the time and sure you lose profits. But it's much, much easier than running a business. I mean, there are so many moving parts, even even, yeah. even on a simple like a home service business. It's great. But there's a ton of moving parts and you constantly got to keep up with. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just funny because I, I look at. um. So the uh, Flippa, I still look at that that website with with online businesses, and then there's like buy, sell, buy biz, sell, or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I have listings on I you know I get those listings as well, and I always look at the stuff, and I'm always like, okay, that looks interesting, and I look at the price, and I'm like, I could just buy, I could just build another building for this, like I could just buy more. Like I look at the price. Okay, so there was a, um, I forget what it was, like something that looked somewhat interesting, and it was like 850 grand. And then literally that same day, I got a listing for like three acres of land for like 700 grand or 14 acres for like just over a million. And I'm like, okay, I could get this business where I'm doing blah, 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 or I could buy enough land to literally build an entire business park in 14 acres. It's not even close to me. I'm like, I would build the damn business park. Let someone else have the businesses. That's cool. Like as long as, you know, their finances make sense as long as we agree on leasing terms. I'm a big fan of all types of businesses, but I don't want to run them. <laughs> I, I want to be in the business of, hey, how's it going? Do you guys need anything? Anything need to be fair? Everything looking good? All right, cool. Excellent. Good seeing you, man. I'll see you in a couple yes. of days or whatever. That's yes. that's that's my business because there there's still so much to be like done in terms of getting stuff done in terms of construction in terms of all that, um, and then the the customer service aspect of like my my tenants or my clients. And so I want to check in on them, make sure they're happy, make sure they have everything they need. But in terms of the day-to-day of like managing employees and doing this and doing that, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I just, it's, not, it's not my strong suit. My strong suit is knowing, you know, sequences of construction, knowing how long things take, having a good understanding of how much things cost, understanding, you know. But nobody the, gets into business. I mean, very, 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 well, I'm not going to generalize, but. Um, a lot of the entrepreneurs that have started businesses, um, there's there's always an exit on the business, and and I think that's yeah. the difference that you're seeing on real estate. Real estate, yeah. there's no exit; it's usually a a, a buy and hold. It is, um, yeah. I mean, or it's, or it's, I mean, the exit is to sell, but it's like that to me always seems. But maybe you're 1031 exchanging it into a big into something. Sure. You know, yeah, you, better. you can expand it. Um, we know, and I guess the point that I'm making is that. Real estate is the exit strategy for most people, yeah. whereas business isn't. Business is a means to an end in a lot of cases. Yeah, right. Like usually, you'll hear a lot of billionaires. They'll say, "Well, day one, since my business opened, it was for sale. From yeah. the, from from, yeah. the, from day yeah. one, it was it was for sale. Yeah. And not because I didn't love it. It's just because business require when you're running a business, it requires a lot of work. Now, in the age of technology. It's different, but you got to be a different. You got to be a, a completely different business person to understand yeah. it. That's why. So I'll give you an example. Where you want to be nowadays is you want to be with like you want to uh, like a SaaS business, software as a service. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would. I mean, that's that's a business. To, I mean, because yeah. that to me, I would take that over real estate any day of the week. If yeah. I had some sort of software where people just paid me monthly and the software is automated to yeah. use my software, 
Yeah. I mean, that's for me, that's just a done deal. And so, but that takes a different type of um, entrepreneur. And that's why like, I get like, for instance, Yusuf, I'm getting him at an early age. Like he's learning to code. He just, he's, he's going to this place called code ninjas and he just got his, his yellow belt. Nice. Um, It's (laughs) really cool, man. They code and they make, um, they make their own games and stuff like that. Um, but even my own son, I look at him as like, um, what kind of return on investment am I going to get on that someday? (laughs) Seriously. I mean, I do. And I tell him from the beginning, I'm like, son, yeah, eventually I want you coding for us and doing stuff for, to help our family business. Yeah. 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 Uh, but that's, you know, that's, that's, it's different. So, so I think the reason I was saying all this stuff is going full circle about this, uh, members only club idea. To me, it comes back down to this. Like I would, if I get, I mean, honestly, if everyone lived in temple, this would already be a done deal. We would, I would just do this in my next project. But since none of us live in temple <laughs> and none of us want to, um, <laughs> then, you know, it's one of those things that I, I would look at if I could buy something or build something where I could just have a little like 2,500 square foot section where I'm like, I'm keeping this for myself. That's what I would do. Because Mm -hmm. to me, the idea of like trying to turn that into a separate business, I don't think I want to. I think I just want a place for me and my buddies to train, you know, as we see fit, when we see fit, how we see Well, yeah, but you're on a different level too though, right? Because that takes a different type of, I'll give you an example. I went to go pick up my, um, my old partner the other day and uh, he now uh, does security, uh, some of the security for Joe Rogan. Yeah. And uh, went out to that location, didn't go inside. Um, but my buddy's describing to me where, and this location is where he does his podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've never been inside, I've never seen it. And, um, but pick him up from it and he's describing it to me um, on, you know, what it looks like. And it's just like yeah. this, probably a multi-million dollar like man cave and where he has a place, like he literally has a spot where he can shoot his bow and arrow. Um, he literally, you know, he has his pool table. He has a full gym with all his mats. Um, and, uh, the rumor is, I don't know if I should even be saying this, but like, he's gonna, he loves to barbecue. So he's going to try to put a space in there where he can actually, you know, barbecue his meats. And so, but that's just a different level, right? Like, he doesn't have to when you're when you're in a financial level, you don't have to do things for business. Yeah. You can yeah. just straight up buy stuff because you can afford to straight up buy stuff. I yeah. think there's a lot of people that if they if it if it doesn't if it's if they can't make their money back on it, then they just yeah. can't do it, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I I so yeah, to me that's the dilemma because I look at the Austin stuff that's available to buy and I'm just like there's just no, it doesn't make any financial sense to me at all. And I'm not doing it. I'm not doing Like, that's the thing. I won't, I'm not going to buy something just to have it as like a, a training spot. I'm just, I'm not throwing money away. I'm not at that point where I can throw that kind of money away um, on something. But even that, look at Joe Rogan. You can yeah. say, you can actually make the argument. Oh, it's a business it's expense. Not, yeah, it I is mean, a like, business expense. How, right? how much does that podcast make him? I mean, exactly. Like him, he's, exactly. I didn't think about that. He's doing his podcast from there. Yeah. He's right? made him, it's so, made yeah. him a, you know, a nine figure guy. So it's like, you know, that. That to me, it's like all that stuff is probably a business write-off because it's like you could just say, this is something to, especially like, let's say it's a guest that he's never met before. Like, oh, let's shoot some arrows a little bit first before we start talking. It's like that, you can argue that makes the podcast better because, you know, you get a bond, a camaraderie, whatever it might be. Or if it's an MMA guy, like you can show him some stuff or whatever on the mats. Like that can all be argued that that's probably some type of business expense. So yeah, I would say that all that stuff is. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's something that 
but now that I'm sort of saying it out loud, um, I, that's why I like talking about these things because sometimes I talk myself out of it completely, or sometimes I talk myself out into the idea of like, this is an idea that will present itself at some point, or like, you know, it's, it's one of those things that maybe I, and you're, you're bringing up something too, that that's very important. I want, I wanted to discuss it on, on know your exits. Yeah. Um, for a lot of the officers that are looking to get into business and other people, you know, military, whatever, looking to get into yeah. business. Um, sometimes it's very, very easy to talk yourself out of doing business. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one of the yeah. biggest things. I mean, it's good to be, it's good to be pessimistic. It's good to be skeptical because it, it'll, I, in my opinion, because it allows you to make more strategic decisions. Really, it causes you to do this critical thinking and it, yeah. and it allows you to work um, with the end in mind a lot of times, yeah. right? Like, but sometimes it can be taken too far where it just, compl- like you can always talk yourself out of doing anything. And so one you of could. the, uh, one of the things that, uh, I tell to people that, that ask me, I'm like, you know what, you can always start off with proof of concept. So in other words, you minimize your risk. You do something very, very, very small. I'll give you an example. Let's say we were going to do something like, um, uh, the members only jujitsu club, right. right? You would do it with, you know, you would try to set it up in a way where one, it's, it's like a super small space. Yep. You know, you, you'd minimize, uh, your investment. Um, you may even have, uh, ideas on who would rent it if it didn't work out. Yep. You may have it lined up already where you knew that there's a high probability you could sell it and get all your money back, if not more, because you yep. bought it at a good price. Right. Yeah. So all those types of things as a proof of concept. Yeah. And then if it's like, oh, wow, there's too many people on the mats. Yeah. Then you would be like, OK, let's take this to another level. Or maybe you yeah. don't. Maybe that's just part of the allure. You keep it small and you just open up another location. But that's more real estate because look at this. You're not really you're you're not in the jujitsu business. You're still in the real estate business. Yeah. And I think that's like that's well said, because that to me it would have to be that like, I just never want to get myself in a position where I'm doing something where it's, I look at it like I'm sort of throwing money away at something. Cause it's well, can I like, something on that. If you were yeah. in the jujitsu business, there's very few people that I know of. Um, cause we work with a lot of jujitsu school owners. Yeah. There's a few that are like, they're doing it right. But yeah. there's very, if you're in the jujitsu business, you're not buying, you're renting your space. Yeah, you are. You're not buying your rent. You're not in the real estate business. You are in the jujitsu school business and you're renting your space. Yeah. Um, there's a few out there that I know of that actually own their space. And I think that's a smart move because it moves be, it moves them beyond, uh, being a jujitsu school owner. In other words, one day they're going to retire from teaching. Right. But now they have this, this investment. Yeah. Um, but the majority of jujitsu school owners that we work with, they they rent out their space. They're not in the real estate business. They're in the yeah. jujitsu school business, yeah. you know. And I think that that's what would separate um, you is that you're in the real estate business. Yeah, yeah. So to, I mean, you know, I think the good thing is that when you start articulating something, it's amazing how much the opportunities start appearing. Like once you start thinking about it, and and it's like you know, you can say that's the simulation, fate, God, the hand of the universe. Whatever you want to say. I mean, but I've noticed that before. Mo. It's like, it could be Mo. Yeah. It could just be you. Um, that's probably the most likely thing. But uh, yeah, because you know, I think that maybe something will start appearing where I'm like, ooh, this could be an opportunity to do that. Um, and I'll keep looking. And 
Um, you know, it, I, I don't know. Like, I think something will appear with that because it's, I, I do think it's a good idea. Um, and it is certainly an idea that I've thought about before. It's just the thing that has always stopped me is I couldn't make business sense of it. Like realistic business sense where I'm like, okay, I really think this, I would invest in this if it wasn't my idea. You well, eventually it is going to happen. And, and, um, and, and, and I'll, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why, because we're not ready to do, we have so many more steps that we have to take before we're ready. But eventually, um, you know, Sally and, ha, ha, and I have always talked about like, we're, we're going to, um, eventually have our own event, like the RBI, you know, like the Robles yeah. Invitational. Yeah. Um, and we're probably going to need a, a, a space and a location for that. And, and we probably want to own the space and the location for, yeah. for, for that. Yeah. Um, we, we, you know, I mean, obviously we, we could always rent out a ballroom at some nice hotel and, and do all that type of thing. But I think eventually the goal is to own the location, own the yeah. real estate, because we are, um, at the end of the day, we're entrepreneurs and we're yeah. very, we have our eyes on real estate. Like that's, yeah. that's the end game for us. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I do like the idea of it um, and, and sort of how that presents itself. If that's a, uh, a construction project down the line, if that's something where there's something that makes sense where it's like, okay, I can, you know, 80% of this property, I can rent out to whoever to do this. And therefore I'm already making money on it. So this, like, there's not the financial pressure of something like this, you know, cause it's like, there are decisions that that are good business decisions on things that you wouldn't necessarily want for yourself, and there's things you might want for yourself that may not be the best business decisions. So to me, mm. sometimes you want to give yourself a cushion, a leeway, like something where there's not the pressure of I've got to make this work financially. So I've got you know you know what I mean. Like so, if you could find something where you're already if you had a mortgage on something, you're already making money on it. Even if you don't have a mortgage on it, it's still like, you know, let's say you're investing a million dollars on something and it's giving you a 15% return when it's 80% occupied. That's a pretty good return. That other 20% of, of what's not occupied, I could see like, okay, you could turn this into your own space because you're still making a good return on the whole thing. But if it's something where like, you need this business to succeed in order for this whole business plan to make sense. I'm not putting myself in that position. I just, there's no, I see no reason to do that. Um, no, it's not. That, it's, that, it's, it's, it's ultimately short-sighted because if I am in the real estate business, which I am, um, then ultimately you may want to sell the whole property, sell the whole thing. And you can't to me to sell something that's also your business as part of the overall thing you're selling. I don't see that. I, I see that working sometimes, but I, I would not want to rely on that. So, um, so yeah, it has to make, to me, it always has to pass the the business test. And what I mean by that is, would I invest in this if this wasn't my idea? That's like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Cause it's, that's, that's the real thing because when it's something, when it's your idea, it's like part of you always has to be like, this is brilliant, man. My mm -hmm. goodness. Glad they only made one of me because I came up with this idea. But how do you do that though? Because it is your idea. Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I've, never, <laughs> I've, never, I've never been in this. this you, you know what's so funny? Of course, like saying I would do this even if it wasn't my idea. Whose idea was it to say that? My idea again. <laughs> Boom. See? You know, and, and uh, real estate was your idea too, yeah, right? Well, you, it's, <laughs> it's like that. It's like that old joke where it's like the mind is the most fascinating organ in your body. 
who told me to say that? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's I, I don't know. It, it, I, I'm, I, I'm I'm telling you, I, it, there's something there to it. I don't know if yeah. you remember one of our very first before we even started podcasting. One of our very first conversations was how how would we open up a jujitsu school yeah. and make it successful? Yeah. And we did it merely as an exercise. Yeah. But it keeps coming back up. It keeps coming it, back. It does. Up, it keeps coming back up. But every time it comes back up, it's refined a little bit more. It's almost like we're so. still working on that exercise. We are. We because are. now we've completely eliminated. Now we don't want a jujitsu school. No one's coming here for promotions. There's not yeah. going to be any curriculum or class. Yeah. It's just like it's it's like a YMCA for jujitsu. Yeah. Right? You're, yeah. you're, you're a member, you show up, you do your own thing, you take a shower, you leave, you, you, you go to work. It's, you yeah, it's, it's, open, it's you open source. I mean, that's kind of goes back to that idea of open source jiu-jitsu, of like that idea of, of you know, this is a, a, a lab where people are coming in and, and coming on, working on ideas and doing whatever. Um, obviously like the logistics of like, how do you keep a place like that clean and things like that? And, and there's, that's pretty easy though. You know, that's pretty, yeah, that's easy. probably, yeah, if obviously you cleaning it. services could take care of that. We have a, that's uh, right. I was going to say, yeah, that, that goes back to your business. So, um, <laughs> and, and then it's, you know, there, there's a place in LA, then there's also studio 540 in, um, and now is that what they do? I was going to bring that up. Is that what they do? That's my understanding is it was started studio 540 was fo- started by a guy named Rob Zepps, who, I think he is has some industrial companies that he owns. He's he's a pretty wealthy guy, from my understanding, and he's a black belt in jujitsu. and And I think that's what he wanted. I think he just like I want a place to train, do my own thing. And and he had you know he would have like some tournaments there. When Gordon Ryan lost to um, Felipe Pena the first time, that was at Studio Five Forty. Um, they have seminars there. I know they like. Um, I think there's some, maybe there's some classes. I'm not really sure like you'd how be, the whole thing. You'd be uh, uh, Carter 54. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, so, so I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting idea and I, I do keep coming back to it. And I think now that I'm much more knowledgeable in commercial real estate, um, it becomes more interesting, becomes more of an interesting possibility. Um, obviously, I keep coming back to the idea of like, if, if I lived closer to temple, it would be much, much easier just because I have much more control over that environment. Mm -hmm. Um, but then it would, it would fall outside your business sense. Um, it it, it would meet your, it would meet your, it would meet, it would meet the needs of your personally. Yes. But from a business standpoint, no, I don't think it would work. Yeah. I don't know if it would either. Because I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know if Temple's not, Temple's Temple's not, it's not there. It's not there yet in terms of the population. It's getting, it'll, it'll get a lot closer in a few years, but it's not there yet. Um, You know, this is so, so yeah, it's, it's kind of like in a way the WeWork model, sort of not, not the model that they do where they, they're actually renting office space and then subletting it. But the idea of, sort of taking control of a, of a training environment or taking control of your own training. And this is the environment that you would do it in or the actual space you would do it in. Um, and I do think that that's going to be something that starts happening. It's, there was a thread on this on Reddit at some point, And there, that's how I found out about the LA place. Ooh, that's another, look, another idea just popped into my head. So you can have an, um, you can have, uh, uh, um, software as a service business now. Okay. So look at this. So, um, you'd have an, you'd have an app, right? This would be cool. Okay, check this out. So 
uh, independent contractors, right? So mm -hmm. you have independent contractors that are black belts. Yeah. Okay. And um, the the uh, you have an app. Uh, so like booking koala is something that we use for the maids. Uh, mm -hmm. And so basically the or, or the cleaning techs as they yeah. like to be called nowadays. Nice. Okay. Um, so the basically the cleaning techs are put into this registry on this app, and then they can look at the available jobs that are uh that are there and then they can they can select them right but okay. what happens if you had like the guy that wants to he wants to uh, teach jujitsu uh put on or, or you know but he doesn't he doesn't have his own space right yeah. so like he can block off an hour or two yeah um he's an independent contractor he's yep. a black belt yep. and people can come to his yeah. from two to four they can come to his class yeah you know yeah yeah, because what, what that appeals to, actually, in many ways, that appeals to most jiu-jitsu instructors, which is they want to teach jiu-jitsu. Like, they don't want to run a school. They don't It'd be like do... a yoga instructor, right? Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. a yoga instructor. Yeah, and that, that's the thing, because very few people want to do, and how, very few people have the ability and the understanding how to actually run a school in terms of marketing, payroll, blah, blah, blah. Most of them, they just like doing the thing. Like, they just want to teach. You know, I, I knew, I've known a lot of guys like that that are like, I know guys that have had schools and then given them up and then they end up teaching somewhere else. And they're like, I'm way happier because I just get to teach. I don't have to worry about this, that, this, that. I just, I just want to teach jiu-jitsu. Um, so, yeah, there is definitely a market for that. Um, so, yeah, the, the, there's it all makes sense on that, on that theory. But to me, it's like it has to make real estate sense for it to really make sense. Yeah, 100%. For, for it to, has to make real, sense, real estate sense for it to make dollars. I don't know. A dad yeah, joke, yeah, yeah, maybe. No. Hundred um, percent, right? Like, and it goes, right. and that goes back into the old, the like, the number one rule in real estate is buy correctly, right? So yeah. you would buy the real estate without thinking about the business in mind, exactly. And you would just ask exactly. yourself, am I buying this real estate correctly? Am I buying it ten percent under market value? Yeah. Could I resell it immediately for a profit? Yes. Exactly. Um, and if all those things make sense, and you're not really taking a huge risk by no. trying to do something in there because you could always just shut it down. Exactly. And either sell it, make your money back or profit, or you could lease it out, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that, that's what it would, for me to consider doing it, it would have to be something like that. Cause it's like, otherwise I'm just not doing that. Like, it's not like, Oh, I mean, cause my current situation is fine. Um, you know, it, it's fine. It's just You're one on of those a gravy things. train with biscuit wheels. Yeah. Why you want to mess that up? I know, man. I know. <laughs> I know. So I don't know. It's, 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 see, this is, I, I thought it would be cool for us just to record this because, um, I really do think this is an example of almost like this is an example of, of business jujitsu where we spend like an hour, how long it's been talking about stuff, hashing it out. What about this? Okay. Maybe this like, and to me, this is how in my life things actually get done. Cause now I'm leaving this conversation being like, okay, I am going to start setting up markers for industrial property in these counties in this spot. Cause I want to keep tabs on stuff because if a good deal comes by, I am going to consider it, you know, just as it in and of itself, but also kind of have this idea in my back of my head as well. Um, and to me, this is how training should be too. You're working on something, you're working on something specific. The feedback is, you know, could be it working and you smashing the dude, or it could be the dude smashing you, which is also just feedback. And you should leave that. the training being like, okay, I figured this out, or okay, this didn't work, so I gotta figure out, maybe we'll watch some videos and see somebody better at this, and what are they doing that I'm not? Um, 
you know, all sorts of that, that to me is this is how you get better in life. I, I feel like we've shown how to get better in life in like less than an hour. I'm okay with that. Boom. I'm going to drop the mic. Mic drop. To check out this episode or to rewatch or re-listen, rather, our past episodes, go to the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. Also, check us out on Apple, iTunes, like, review, subscribe. Shout out to Robles, makers of the world's finest custom Jiu-Jitsu apparel. Nobody can be you better than you. Be authentic, Robles. Check out Yellow Pine Investments. Check out Quantum Leap Web Design. As always, I am Mo. That is Carter. And we wish you guys nothing but the best, both on and off the mat. Thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. That's it for this episode of the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. Your hosts are Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. This podcast is brought to you by Rulebliss, makers of the world's finest custom jiu-jitsu apparel. You can subscribe to the Rulebliss newsletter to get the exclusive content at rulebliss.com. You can find more episodes of this show on our website at thejujitsuoflife.com. And you can subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we wish you a great week, both on and off the mat.